0: Today, an abounding grace from Pastor Ed Taylor. Worship should be truthful. It's a matter of, when we sing to Him, it's a matter of who He is and who we are. He is God, He is holy, just, and pure, and we are not. But through our worship, He's working in us great change. He is dedicated, and we are separated. He has dedicated Himself in the work of the Spirit to separate us unto holiness, to develop in us a fear of God, a healthy respect. It's so much more than our style and preferences, although we do have style and preferences. And it's okay to have style and preferences. That's how God made you. But worship is so much more than that.
1: This is amazing grace. you could join us as we present the Tuesday edition of Abounding Grace. Pastor Ed Taylor is in Daniel chapter 3 today, encouraging us to use music for true worship. In recent programs, we've seen just how powerful music is. Back in Daniel's day, it was used to move the people towards idolatry, but it can also be used to glorify God. So let's spend some time learning about the importance of worship and what God is looking for from us worship is not just songs
0: it's not just songs it's the beginning there's doing good and sharing these are such sacrifices but it's also the offering of our lips in psalm chapter 9 verse 9 verse 1 it says i will praise you lord with all my heart i will tell of all the marvelous things you have done so i'm praising you with all my heart and the natural response i'm going to tell people all the great things you've done I'm gonna tell you all the wonderful things. I'll be filled with joy because of you. I'll sing praises to your name almost high. When we come together, it's not just for songs. It's, it's for God to stir up in us a sacrificial service of our lives. As you sing to him and for him and about him, singing and worship and humming and joyful noise, all of it becomes a process of sacrifice unto the Lord. And remember this, worship isn't something you can create and work up true worship is always a response to God. It comes in response. Now, I have to say, if you don't feel like responding to God and you come in here with all kind of bad attitude, I'm glad you're here with your bad attitude. And here's how you deal with your bad attitude. Begin to sing. Just begin to sing. You say, well, Ed, my heart's wrong. Start to sing. Well, I don't really want to be here. Start to sing. I don't like the song. Stop it. Start to sing. And what you'll find is you surrender yourself to the Lord, that the Holy Spirit will reveal himself to you. And it won't be, you won't be singing just because you have to. You're going to be joining in with the saints of old. You're going to be joining with the angels around the throne room. And you're going to find yourself catapulted. Any kind of song, whether you have a preference for old hymns or you like the new contemporary things. But you know the songs you like the most? Do you want to know the songs you like the most? The ones that you learned as a new believer. Those are the ones you like the most. Those are the ones you remember the most. Those are the ones that have milestones in your life. The ones where you were, as a new believer, you were really receptive to anything new. As a new believer, you were pressing in. As a new believer, you're that that place as a new believer is the place that Jesus calls you back to when you've left your first love. And if you look at the songs and the style that you like the most, most likely, in a general sense... The songs you like the most are the ones, the the, the worship songs that you like the most are the ones that either you were raised on or that you were raised on as a new believer. And they're just always going to be special to you. They're always going to be wonderful to you. They're they're always just going to speak to your heart. And the, the issue, the real angst that comes up is that, you know what? We don't sing those songs anymore. Why don't we sing those songs anymore? Well, because you got saved 30 years ago and they have new songs now. There's new songs now. And one of the things that we've always had here at Calvary, and I believe it's probably still up on our website and in our welcome packs, is when you come to Calvary here, Calvary Church, we have contemporary worship. Contemporary worship. Contemporary worship means the worship of the day. The worship that God's doing in the moment. It's not exclusive. We, have, we bring in a lot of old songs. Pastor Ian and the team is very knowledgeable on, on songs that date back even hundreds of years. But contemporary worship is contemporary. It's now. I mean, it's, it's Pastor Ian, go, hey, I heard this song last week. I want to introduce it to you. And you're like, where did that come from? It came out last week. Nobody knows where. I don't know where he finds all his songs. But there's some place where he's like, there, here's a new song, Ian. Great. Teach it to us. And, and so the, the reality of some of the angst about songs and choices, you, you can like new songs and still like the old songs. You can do both. It doesn't have to be either or. In our Western culture, we've been kind of ingrained. It's either or, either or, either or. But do you know that in Eastern culture, in the day of Jesus, it wasn't either or, it was and. We can do both. We can sing a hymn, and then it can, we can sing a hymn as it was written, and then it kind of moves in, you know how they do medleys and things, and kind of comes into something contemporary, and then a brother just added some new thing It's really cool. And you can do both. And you can say, man, I love the days when I was a new believer and I love those songs. I have all the tapes and eight-track tapes of all those songs and I love them. But you know what? I love what God's doing now too because he's still saving people. He's still reaching people. The gospel's still going forward and it's doing something in a fresh way. And when we get stuck and we become inward and become critical, you can't be critical and worshipful at the same time. You lose and we lose as a church. When you don't engage in, because when you engage with God, He speaks, and He leads, and He helps, and He inspires, and He comforts, and He heals. And you wonder, man, I've been coming to this church for all this time, and I just don't feel any of those things. I'm asking you, by faith, to begin singing when we sing. And try me on this. Tell me if you don't find yourself at the throne room of God with your eyes closed, and you're just like, man, did we end already? Is it already done? because God is drawing you in through song. And be open to new songs. Be open to a fresh thing that God is doing. Be open to a fresh way of expressing your faith. You don't have to leave behind the songs that really minister to you, that have great meaning to you. Bring them along. Bring them along in your own worship life. But when we come together, it's not just for songs. We come to respond to God. It shouldn't be difficult realizing all that he's done for us. In Psalm 66, verse 3, it says, Say to God, how awesome are your deeds? So you ready? Let's do that together. We're going to obey Psalm 63, verse 3. And I'm going to say, say to God, how awesome are your deeds? And then repeat it after me. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds? deeds. So you just obeyed the Psalms. How awesome are your deeds, God? All the great things you have done remember when we learned this week about praying and we're in a difficult circumstance? We're, we're seeking God in prayer. Not, not that our circumstance is good. Not that we like where we're at. Not that we're really happy with the difficulty in our life. We're not praying and singing because our circumstances are good. We're praying and singing because God is good. And He's greater than the circumstance. He's bigger than the circumstance. He, he, has, he is able to take even for a moment our eyes off of the difficulty and we just get a glimpse of heaven in this little room in the middle of Aurora, Colorado that used to be a pile of dirt with weeds all over this place. God can do that in your home and in your car. He can do that in your cubicle. He can do that in your heart. He wants to meet you. He invites you to himself and simply says, respond to me. Respond, oh, but, but Ed, it's so hard. God says, respond to me. But it's so difficult, respond to me. Draw near to me by faith. Believe my word, God says. Because it's a response, it doesn't have to be worked up. Because worship is a response, it doesn't need to be stirred up. You, you don't need to get people in the mood for worship. You, you don't have to necessarily stir up a feeling, although it does involve feelings. It's the, what Jesus is looking for is worship in spirit That's your connection with God in truth, the one true God. You're not worshiping the false God. You go, wait a minute, doesn't worship involve feelings? It does. Yes, it does. Have you ever cried during a worship song? It's like, oh man, Lord, you're so good. Have you ever laughed during a worship song? You're just like, oh man, this is amazing. You're so good to me. Have you ever found yourself weeping or laughing or filled with joy or encouraged? Absolutely involves, worship involves feelings, but worship is a natural response of faith and trust in who God says he is. There are times when we don't feel like being around people, where we're not very thankful, our emotions are down, we need to worship. There are times when we don't know what to do and we don't know what God's gonna do and we're not sure what the future holds, we need to worship. There are times when we're overwhelmed by the circumstances and the situations of life we need to choose to worship. Of all the dials on your, on your radio or however you listen to music, your MP3s, you've got to have a playlist of worship. You've got to develop a playlist of worship. So you just have a few songs to go to. You know, you get in the car and, and you just know it's going to be difficult and teaching isn't going to be it. You just need to find yourself in heaven before you turn on Grace FM, the only station on all of your presets of your radio. <laughs> We're out in your cars checking right now. It will. If they weren't when you came, they're going to be by the time you leave. You've got to have that place where music, you allow God to use music in your life to draw you near. That call to worship is a call to respond to God. And don't we need that on a daily basis? It's a call to worship. It's not a time filler in our church. It's an opportunity to train you to respond to the goodness of God, how God has worked in your life, how he's been faithful to you all week. It's, it's our turn to respond because love always demands action. And if we love someone, we share that love and we respond. And when we love God, we respond through obedience. The worship that God accepts is the worship that God prescribes. So we learn that, number one, it needs to be spiritual. It's to be in spirit and truth. Why? Because God is spirit. That's how you connect to God. We don't connect to God merely into intellect. The Bible says that knowledge puffs up, but love edifies, So, all of you that have sought to reach God and reach a place of understanding God just through the intellect, you've missed it because God relates to you spiritually. He bypasses the intellect. He doesn't dismiss the intellect, but it doesn't come first. What comes first is a spiritual connection His spirit bearing witness with our spirit. We are spiritual beings. And so, our relationship to God is spiritual. And so, my worship toward Him is to be heavenly and spiritual and upward. And not fleshly and earthly, because worship's not about me. It's about Him. And worship involves the fruit of the Spirit. Worship involves the ingredients of love. Worship involves the surrender of my will. But it also should be truthful. Worship should be truthful. It's a matter of, when we sing to Him, it's a matter of who He is and who we are. He is God. He is holy, just, and pure. And we are not. But through our worship, He's working in us great change. He's dedicated. He is dedicated and we are separated. He has dedicated himself in the work of the Spirit to separate us unto holiness, to develop in us a fear of God, a healthy respect. It's so much more than our style and preferences, although we do have style and preferences. And it's okay to have style and preferences. That's how God made you. But worship is so much more than that. And you don't want to just end there with your style and preferences. I remember for the first time learning about the music that the Calvary Chapel that I was in was playing. I wasn't, when I was an unbeliever, I was into more hardcore rock and med, heavy metal and that kind of stuff. And, and when I came into the church setting, the guy was leading worship on a piano. And the song and the, you know, I don't know all that stuff about music very well, but I could tell the difference between heavy metal and a piano. And, and while I didn't understand what all that was doing, but when I was born again, uh, I worked with a guy named Mark. Uh, he, was, he would always relieve me. And uh, from, I would, when I would go off shift, he'd come on. And I told him, you know, he saw me reading the Bible or something. Hey, what happened? I went to this Calvary chap. I go, I'm born again, man. Are you born again? I'm born again. Well, why didn't you ever tell me the gospel? that That's a different discussion <laughs> altogether. So he's going to another Calvary Chapel on the other side of town. I was going to the one by my house. And he says, "Oh, okay, okay, I just, I'm going to bring you a gift. And, and he brought me a CD of praise number three or something. And said, so this is the music that, this is Christian music right here, man. This is it. And I remember putting it in the CD player and it was harps and flutes. And, and I'm just like, man, if this is Christian music, I don't think I could be a Christian. <laughs> I can't do that. But if you scroll through my phone today in my, in my iTunes, you'll find every single praise worship album on there because I've come, I've adjusted my thinking to these inspirational songs. And sometimes I'm in such a situation where those are the songs I need to hear. I need lower tempo. I, I need simpler melodies, choruses. And there's just like there's this times now where those are the go-to, even though at one point I'm thinking, I don't think I can do this. But I changed. God didn't change. I changed. And as I find myself adjusting and open to a work of the Holy Spirit, I find that he just continues to pour into my life. There's new things for me to learn. There's new ways for me to learn to worship. And even if, I never, even if I never adopt that particular music style, I'm very happy for those that do. Use it for the glory of God. Use it in the different neighborhoods, in the different places. Use everything that this world and the devil thinks he owns for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it may not be my style, but believe me, I am, I am behind the people that they're worshiping God with that stuff. So you go, oh, I would never listen to that. Nobody asked you to. Just pray for them and say, God, I hope you use that music. And I hope you use that person. I hope you use that style, that, that dance. You know, there's a friend of mine that's doing, um, they are taking a group around, and they're doing this, um, man, I forget what kind of dance it is, but they're going around with this, I don't know if it's a ska dance or something, but some Dance, And they're going around as an outreach. And you know what's happening? People are getting saved. It's like, Ed's not going to be out there dancing. But Ed is going to be cheering them on. I'm like, man, every time I see them post something in some new place they're going, some new club they're going into, some new place where people would never darken the the doors of a church, but they're taking the music to them. And they're honoring God in their lives. And they're bringing it to in the style that they want but the words are glorifying God and people are getting saved. How can you not get behind that? How can you not be excited about that? Who are we to stand in judgment of what they're doing? Oh, you know, that's not from the Lord. Really? I didn't know you were, from, you were the Lord now. Like I, we should get excited about what God's doing in all the different ways. And I hope you do. I hope you're excited about what God's doing even here. And we have our own little style and our own thing, but God's always stretching us and always changing us. And there's some new song or a new way of looking at the character and nature of God that's stirring us and causing us to really come back to, okay, God, that's an amazing way to look at you. I've never thought of that before. And we were talking about this on a similar topic today, but Pastor Ian and I talk about it a lot. And, you know, Pastor Ian's very simple. He looks at the lyrics of the song, makes sure they're biblically accurate, they glorify God, and then he looks to how the temple and the music would be in a congregational setting. And I have to say, there are times when I'm listening to the way we sing a song here compared to the original version because he adapted it for a congregational song. And I love the versions for congregational song more than I even like the CD version of it. And it's just a beautiful thing for us to come so that we even change our minds. You go, I'm gonna be on time for worship. I don't wanna miss anything God's doing. I don't wanna miss any invitation. I don't wanna miss anything that the Lord has for me. As you seek out worship with God, and you have that singular focus of spirit and truth, everything else becomes pale in the light of his glory. And then you have open ears and a soft heart for the Bible. You have an opening to say, okay, God, speak to me now. And you know, we labor in prayer and really talk through difficult things in our staff meeting and our pastor's meeting for you to lead you well. And just asking God, what is it? What's the break? What's the resistance? What, what are we sensing Asking God to well up in us a desire to worship Him in spirit and in truth. To to passionately holding nothing back. And we pray, but we don't manipulate. We can't make you do anything. Nor do we want to make you do anything. And so we wait for God to to move. We wait for God to minister to you. It, It would be easy. And in some churches, this is the way it is. It would be easy for those on the stage to use music to manipulate to do whatever they need to do to move a crowd. But that's not the ministry that we have here. We, we don't want manipulation. We want spirit-led worship that's in truth, that brings you to a sense of worship and awe and adoration of God. And most of the worship team, 99% of the worship team volunteers their time for their church. All the practice time, all the, all the songs they need to learn, all the practice they do at home, all the different meetings they attend, and it, it, it is another practice today in the church just to hire professional musicians, whether they're believers or not. But we're just not going to do that. I believe anyone on the stage needs to have a real relationship with Jesus Christ and be willing to lead you into the presence. An unbeliever can't take you into the presence of God. They might play a good whatever, you know. They might be able to do whatever they do musically, and they might be able to move us, but that's not from the Lord. I'd rather miss a tune here or a letter there or, you know, miss a word here. Whatever, whatever it is that we get I receive as from the Lord. Because that's his gift to us, the worship team and the worship servants. They're they're God's gift to the church. And please never forget that. Thank God for his gifts to his church. Thank God for those that he's given to us. So, God uses music.
1: The devil uses music. You choose who you want to listen to. Today on Abounding Grace, we've been encouraged to use music for true worship of God. All of this is part of Pastor Ed Taylor's study in Daniel. To hear it again, visit our website at AboundingGraceradio.com or you can hear us through our app. Simply search for Calvary Aurora in the App Store or Google Play and download the free app today. Also, look for our podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We couldn't be more excited about the resource we picked out for you this month. It's a book by Tom Doyle called Standing in the Fire. As followers of Christ, we need to know what it means to stand courageously for our faith in a climate of fear. In Standing in the Fire, you'll read about those who did stand strong rather than run away in the face of overwhelming danger. I know you'll be encouraged. And we'll gladly send you a copy when you support Abounding Grace today with a gift of $25 or more. Just pick up the phone right now and call 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. Well, Pastor Ed, as you know, a good number of people sitting in the pews have the mindset of critiquing the worship. If it doesn't fit their style or preference, they just aren't into it, and maybe even complain or go to another church. Would you take a moment to address that, and what is the biblical mindset we should have as we go to church each week? You know, Larry, we definitely live in a culture that criticism
0: and complaining has risen to an all-time high. And unfortunately, it's come into the church. Specifically, the types of songs being sung, the origin of songs being sung, the tempo, the instruments, haze or no haze, lights or no lights, on and on the list can go. And I want to encourage you, when you come together to to worship God, remember that we worship an audience of one and that we're, we're not there for our own personal pleasure. We're there to set aside when we gather together. I mean, that's our life anyway, but when we gather together in the church, can I just encourage you, uh, stop criticizing. Uh, I mean, unless the song itself with the lyrics is theologically inaccurate, and that's a possibility um but i mean really like not just theologically un- unbiblical and inaccurate uh, because for example even some of the old hymns on a hill far away there stood an old rugged cross um you know a, a hill far away is a proximate sta- statement you could have been right there standing next to the cross and you're like well where's in the bible say it was on a hill far away um well it's it's a song and it's a beautiful song and you can you could find uh, inaccuracies or artistic freedoms in just about everything, but please, knowing the worship leader, the volunteers, the people on the stage—they love Jesus. They're introducing to us um, these dynamic, new, fresh songs. Mix it in with old hymns and and beautiful, beautiful worship to the Lord. I mean, this is the time where the church is the most unified. But if you have a critical spirit, I don't like that song. I mean, the, the reality is, is there may be a, a real disagreement in the direction of the worship of the church that you're currently attending, and you may need to find a church. For example, if there's you're like, oh, I just like the old hymns, well, there may be a necessity on your part, a need on your part to find a church with that does emphasize those old, old hymns or sings a cappella. Um, because you don't want to be like all critical all the time, because then you're going to miss out even what God's wanting to do when you sing. Well, I just won't sing, or I'll come late. Well, what kind of attitude is that? And I know you're like, oh, Ed, you can't tell me what to do. You're right. I'm not trying to tell you what to do in that sense, but I am trying to exhort you with the spiritual gifting of exhorting that criticizing the worship is not going to build you up in Christ and it's not going to help you grow in grace. And you worship an audience of one. So if you come in with a hard, critical heart, you're not worshiping at all. And you're forgetting that God is there to receive your worship. It's a sacrifice, the Bible says, of praise. So would you please stop being so critical? For the I know I'm only speaking to a few. And if you know people that are critical, just pray for them. Encourage them in the Lord. So that together we can grow in the grace of
1: God. That is very helpful. Thanks again, Pastor Ed. Next time on Abounding Grace, we'll discover there's a time and a place when you just have to say no. Join us tomorrow as our series in Daniel continues with Pastor Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace.